0: G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guests are a couple of members of a new organisation called Certified Organic Biodynamic WA, or COBWA, David McFaul and David Martin. David McFaul is the chairperson. G'day, David. Yes, Barry. How are you going? Good. First of all, David McFall. Tell us um, the reason for the formation of COBWA and the vision for the organisation.
1: Yes, essentially evolved out of a need to unify the industry, the landscape, the organic biodynamic landscape in WA was very much fragmented along who your relationship with your certifier was. So there's a lot of common knowledge and a lot of common objectives and when we want to take this industry and get the level of system support that it needs to capitalise on growth domestically and globally we, we need to have a focal point and it's, it's an obvious development to look at what existed we had a couple of workshops and eventually the you know we've ended up with COBWA which is what the members uh, the, the producers are aiming for so we're up and running.
0: That's great so COBWA is primarily a farmer representative body but aiming to connect with consumers. And and I guess I should declare a vested interest because we've had an organic farm with certification through NASA since 1990. And I actually attended my first NASA meeting in Donnybrook in 1989. And so this has taken a while to get to where we are, but I'm very encouraged that uh, one of the members of the COBWA Committee is David Martin, who in a previous life was one of the founders of Little Creatures Brewery and is now the owner of Stormflower Winery in Margaret River and when b- people of David's acumen get involved in an organization like Cobwa makes me come to realize that uh, organic is not just the loony left anymore it's being recognized as a a a, a way forward in business uh, so
2: David Martin do you want to make any comment on those observations Thanks, Barry. Yeah, I mean, I got into the wine industry about 13, 14 years ago. Bought a conventionally managed vineyard, but my my history with farming goes back to uh, being brought up on a wheat and sheep farm in the in the north northern wheat belt. And um, when I took on the vineyard, I could see I wanted to have something that wasn't um, driven by uh, chemicals and uh, and uh, chemical fertilisers, chemical pesticides, herbicides and all the rest of it. So I I took it organic, not necessarily for any marketing advantage. I just felt that that was the right way environmentally to run the place. But as it happens, the timing was good because I think organics is becoming much more mainstream, much more accepted. People are starting to really seek out organic produce. That's
0: right. And uh, the sort of talk of sustainability and uh you the the industrial agriculture model has been very successful in producing vast quantities of food but um if you understand how that's come about it's largely been driven by mining phosphate potassium and using fossil fuels to make nitrogen fertilizers npk farming and uh anybody who understands basic systems would recognize that this uh, isn't sustainable and that uh, th- there's agricultural practices in, that are possible that are getting back to sort of natural ecosystems and uh, that's got to be the way forward. David McFord, do you want to comment on that?
1: Well, exactly right. You know, we we farm courtesy of the fact that we're on a planet and we've got authority over a piece of land for a certain time, not forever. And um, each of us comes, approaches this from a different passion and motivation point. And my, my point of motivation is trying to resolve, because I'm wheat belt based as well albeit in the western fringe of the wheat belt so some of the wicked problems that are facing us are wicked plus is for whether you go east in terms of sustaining a living and and you know you making ends meet and paying off all your obligations and getting your kids to school so but my motivation was principally at the benefit of having a, a, a nature-based farm to start with in terms of the parents and my the grandparents, how they structured it, so it was very obvious through my youth and had the benefit of an agricultural college education that was very uh, looking at other directions for farming and not or land use options, not just growing wheat wheats and annuals would be a mainstay in pastures and you know animals, but it was it was bringing in other values it was bringing in horticultural values and looking at nice opportunities as bringing in alternative meat protein options and and I got on to trying to look resolve that wicked problem of how do we have a farm that's actually got ecosystem values doesn't rob it's not a mine it's a farm and so that's led on this journey of organics led on a journey studying permaculture studying all sorts of things yeoman's PA system so on our property we've we've adopted a lot of those principles and I think it's a pretty good mix
0: so this is playing on a tourist radio format, and I sort of see tourism as having a place to play. Um, in another life, I was an electronics technician, and you know, in, in systems talk, we talk about having a, a feedback loop. Any system needs a feedback loop to be stable. And what's tended to happen with these supermarkets is that feedback loop between farmers and, should we say, eaters, has been broken. And I see tourism as having a big place to play in in reconnecting farmers and eaters and getting people from the city out to the bush, talking to farmers, whether they're vignerons or fruit producers, Um, and especially probably the the, the horticultural products, um, which tend to be more labour-intensive. But at the same time, it's the horticultural products that the the medical people recognise are are critical to, to public health, and David Martin, you 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 grew up in a in a wheat farm, so you would still have contacts in that area. But there's, there's been a a quantum change since the 80s and the introduction of so-called no-till. Do you have a take on uh, you know the the process that industrial uh, agriculture went on from when you were a kid to where it's at now?
2: I've been out of it for a long time. I mean, my my memories of it are. It was just getting more and more expensive to put in a crop the way, the way it was being managed. When my father and brother were running the farm, you would end up with 90% of your money in the ground before you even knew you had a start, and um, that just was an unsustainable way to farm. And I, I take my hat off to the broadacre farmers who live with that risk all the time, and um, I don't really have an understanding of how they're currently dealing with that risk, but it was uh, I know how big it is.
0: I guess, uh, it gets back to a, a systems approach. And as a society, we've have sort of said that the research needs to be done by the corporations, not government, which I understand to a point. But then, of course, when you get that situation, the corporations are only going to do research into stuff they can sell farmers because that's how they make their money. But what's exciting at the moment with the whole regen slash organic farming movement is that the internet's providing a mechanism for farmers questioning farmers to investigate methods of agriculture that produce a better outcome with less inputs. And uh, from a bottom line, uh, that's important from a farmer point of view, but so many of the the inputs are quite toxic. And if we can develop agricultural practices that actually build the health of the soil, then so many of the, the chemicals that are being used are really only being used because we've created unhealthy soils to create unhealthy plants. Uh, do you want to make any comment on that, David McFall?
1: Well, you, you touch on some interesting points there. Um, in terms of the capacity of broad acre agriculture, it's the systems approach, a lot of farmers, and you know, I grew up with, and I've got a lot of friends that apply very different systems to me. I fully understand why they do it because they got debt obligations so they got the advisory channels all the information that's being fed to them shines a light in one direction and then cob was out there shining a light that there's other systems there's other ways of doing it and there's complementary systems you know, there's crossover systems and soil health is at the bottom of every system now i'll argue that every every farm system is organic it has an organic base it's what you do next and that's where the choice is. And our organic growers and many that are members to this organisation and hopefully be connected to this organisation, particularly those consumers that get it, there's a direct connection of how we grow food and the quality of that food. And once eaten, what it does to you. Now, if you talk about regenerative agriculture, you can't be out there flogging or producing a degenerative product. It's, 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 we, we need to seriously fess up. That we've got some serious channels and challenges as a as a community as an industry to do the right thing for the people who buy the product and also for the environment that hosts the production system so it's an enormous challenge and um, groups like coba have a strong depth of knowledge the knowledge capital and, and david martin's mentioned it before it's embedded in our systems is a huge knowledge capital about how to farm naturally now it doesn't have all the answers but it has a direction and that's the direction the consumers are asking for farming to head and because of the technology that you mentioned they are more aware and making more discerning choices about where their future spend's going to be. So if the industry doesn't wake up, if we don't get the level of support that everybody, even the conventional farmers because a lot of them want to transition away from toxicology it's not only killing their farm, it's killing them and it's got to the point where the kids don't even like the look of it, so they're not coming back. So what future's that? If, it hasn't, if an industry doesn't encourage people to come back, particularly the youth, well, it's not an industry.
0: Been terrific talking to you both. Uh, anybody who's interested in what COBWA's doing, David, how should they get involved?
1: Well, the best thing is just jump on the website, www.cobwa.com.au, and from that there'll be links to what we do, how we see it, and how you can get involved. Well, it's been terrific
0: talking to you both and uh, it's exciting to be part of this movement which is uh, organic slash regenerative agriculture has the potential to regenerate regional communities that have been decimated by such efficiency that's incredibly efficient at producing some arguably pretty poor food.
1: Well it's all about a fair go and distribution and uh, and look it's like I say there's some wicked issues there and the consumer pays a great a great role in this. At the end of the day, a farmer grows a product for a market, and if the consumer's putting demand on a very cheap, worthless product, well, that's what they're going to get. And um, but at the moment, um, a lot of a lot of the factors in our environment, you know, particularly environment, are not, you know, they're paying the cost for pushing those those margins. So we've got to rethink this space. And given the the, the global connection of health, food, and future, you know. Um, Let's start by getting uh, our food systems right.
0: Well, that's terrific. And, of course, consumers absolutely have a choice and uh, the direction will be determined by where consumers choose to spend their money. So, David Martin and David McFall, thank you very much for your time today.
2: You're welcome. Thanks, Barry.